This podcast is brought to you by Living Waters Church, Kyabram. You can visit us at www.lwkyabram.com. Well, it's so good to be here. Thank you, Pastor Trevor. Thank you, Pastor Lynn, for having me Live at Living Waters, Kai. This is funny, this area. You come out here and nobody calls the, name, the town's name by its full name. It, it's our Golden Valley. It's the only area in the world that you do that. It, honestly, you don't go to Morwell and go more. You know, nobody says that. Where are you from? Tra. You know, no. Nah, you're from Traugut. You, do, you know, that, that kind of thing. You come out here. Where are you from? Tat. Where are you from? Kai. Where are you from? Shep. It's just brilliant. I absolutely love it. Uh, <laughs> nobody says the full name. And, and so I'm so excited to be. I've done a lot of traveling. I was very dizzy at one stage, but now it's gone. So praise God. And um, I'm here today to bring a word to you about living victoriously. Living in victory. We are in the state of victory. Some of you have forgotten. We've crowned many other things. We've crowned diseases. We've crowned sickness. We've crowned all these other things. But actually on our coat of arms is a crown over Victoria because we are a victorious state. And I, I believe wholeheartedly that's why the enemy is trying to rob us of that victory is trying to take away, trying to steal, trying to kill all these things because he's very aware of an end times harvest that's going to take place in this state. Uh, that's right, you should get excited because there's a revival coming. There's a harvest of souls coming that's so great and so mighty, the enemy's shaking in his boots. I want you to open up your Bibles today to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. If you're looking in your Bibles, it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Joshua. And um, here we go. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around that city once. This you shall do six days, and seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. Now, you missed it. You missed it. I'm not going to read it again. You had your chance to shout. You didn't do it. It says, The walls of the city shall fall down flat, and all the people shall go up every man straight before him. I love this passage of Scripture. We hear it so much. We talk about it so much. We, we, we hear about Jericho. Oh, wow, it's incredible. Uh, uh, the breakthrough, the, the enormity of it. I was actually in a hotel room the other night, turned on Discovery Channel, and it had an actual uh, episode or a series or whatever on Jericho. They <laughs> were trying to discover whether it was a real place or not. Turns out it was. And um, <laughs> you had to wait to the end. <laughs> uh, it's actually the oldest city on the planet. They say it's 10,000 years old. Uh, and um, they, they've dug down, there's like three levels. They've found layer upon layer of, 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 of city built upon city. They've, they've, they've looked at the walls. They've 
they can find everything and the walls actually fell fell out and all these sorts of things. It's just quite incredible what they've discovered about this city. But it is the most and was the most fortified city on the planet. No one went in. It was impenetrable. You couldn't go in it. You couldn't escape it. Once you were in there and you locked it down, it was it. It was done. It sounds a lot like Melbourne. Ring of Steel. Who forgot that? I, I haven't. <laughs> I will never forget. I'll get that tattooed on my back. I'll never forget. And um, it, it, it still gives me PTSD. Every time they say ring of steel, I go, oh, I just shudder inside. And, um, and it, it, it's, this, it's incredible how it paints this picture at the very first start of it. We know the story. We know the breakthrough. But there's so much about this, I believe, that we actually miss. There's so many steps along the way which lead to victory. We just see the victory. Yeah, come on, give me the victory, Lord. No, but hang on a second. Getting ahead of yourself. There's so much involved in getting this victory. It doesn't just happen overnight. And I believe that really it starts right here uh, when, when the Lord speaks to Joshua, it says here, verse 2, and, this, and the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given it to you. See, I've given it to you. Oh, man, if we can't get past this first part of this scripture, then we've lost it. We can't get the breakthrough. We're going to live bound for the rest of our lives. See, I've given it to you. But didn't you read the first part? It's impenetrable, Lord. It's the most fortified city on the planet. No one's going in. No one's going out. See, I've given it. Not just the city, but it's mighty men of valor. It's king and everything that's within it. I have given it to you. Oh, Lord, but you don't understand the last two years I've been through. <laughs> My bank account's gone from in the black to in the red. See, I have given it to you. Oh, but you don't understand the health problems that I actually even developed through that time. I've gone, I've had checkups and, and it's come through a negative report. See, I have given it to you. Oh, but I've been believing now for 30 years, 40 years even, uh, for a miracle, for a breakthrough, for my children to get saved, for my family to see I have given it to you, Lord. But we've been praying for a revival for God knows how long. We've been tarrying. We've been waiting. We've been uh, uh, interceding, Lord, for a revival, but we haven't yet. See, I have given it to you. We need to start to see again. Come on, so many of us have a dream. We've just put on the shelf. See, I have given it to you. Mark 11, 24, it's, it, 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 it's exactly this. Believe in your heart, then you will receive it. Oh, people look at that and go, hang on, Jesus, this is ludicrous. What does that even mean? Believe first. Have faith, believe first. Whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive it. Believe it, you've got it first. You know, my grandfather on my mother's side would have said that's hogwash. He would have said, I'll believe it when I see it. Not I'll believe it first and then see it later. No, no. That, in the world's eyes, is the definition of insanity. Believing something you don't have. And continually, it doesn't say to stop either. I've even heard pastors preach this. Well, that's the definition of insanity. When you believe something, uh, I 
God continuously and keep praying for something, keep believing for it, it doesn't happen. Well, then we need to get rid of some of the scriptures. The persistent widow's got to go. Preaching here, some, some of you are like, oh, what's going on right now? You've got to believe you've already got it. Envisage it in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit. When you go to sleep at night, start to see the thing that God's put before you. It might not look like it yet, but you start to act like it is. And all of a sudden, before you know it, those things that you've been praying for, those things that you've been asking for, by faith, you will have, the Bible says. You've got to see it. You've got to see it. Verse 3, you shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around that city once. This you shall do six days. You know what this says to me? A valuable lesson that we miss. Unity. Unity. We think, hey, they just got together one day and came up with a plan and they won the city. No, no. There's something significant about unity that brings revival. Unity brings revival. But the seed of unity is humility. That's where it begins. Because my own personal selfish ambitions I have to lay aside. I can't unify if I've got my own uh, kingdom to build. (laughs) I have to unify. I have to get on board. I have to march. Oh, come on. Let's let's dig a bit deeper. Psalm 133 says, Behold how good and how pleasant is it for the brethren to dwell in unity. What is it like precious oil upon the head of Aaron running down his head, down his beard? You know the story. You've seen the picture all the way down to the edge of the garment. But what's the point of it? It actually says that unity commands the blessing. Come on, who needs a blessing commanded over their life today? Over their children, over their house, over their bank account over their business, over their health. Come on, I don't know about you. I've sang a song once. I came into church, said, I'm not here for blessing. And I looked around and said, well, what else am I here for? I've come here for blessing. I've come here for favor. Come on, I've come here for healing. I've come here for restoration. I'm coming here for something. God and I need you. Command the blessing over my life. Sister, Leviticus 26 verse 8 says, five of you, shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to fly. What happens when we unify? I find that in life, unity is something that's more practiced than prayed for. You just have to do it. I hear so many people at the prayer meeting go, Lord, just help me get along with the Joneses. Just get along with them. Oh, Lord, the, the, the thing that came, the wedge between us and the Smiths and the, oh, just, Lord, would you do a work in their hearts? No, you, get over it. Oh, Lord, but I'm not just, I'm not sure what the pastor's doing these days, you know. We've come out of this season, we're going into that. I feel like I should send him an email. And, and Lord, would you help, would you help direct his path? Stop it. <laughs> just practice unity. Stop praying for it. Just do it. I was going to read Ephesians 4. It explains about unity and all this, but uh, we don't have time today. I mean, I'm, 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 not, I wasn't going to, I'm not only in a hurry. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. So I've got to have the best time possible. Let's read Acts 2. 
because it says when that day of Pentecost would fully come, they were all with all with one accord in one place. Doesn't mean they drove a Honda. It's an old one, but a good one, okay? It's probably an Odyssey because there was a lot of them. There was a people mover. And verse 2 says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and then appeared to them divided tongues of fire, one sat upon each and every single one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You know what I found? Uh, looking at this over and over, people say, well, what was the deal? Why was it 50 days after the Passover, after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Why 50 days? Why did God pick that? Well, I think, it, like I said before, it correlates, it coincides with certain dates, God's a God of dates. Uh, I've heard different people talk about, well, he was just trying to see who the remnant were, the 120 who would stay and keep praying through the night, tarrying and waiting upon the Lord. You know what I actually believe? It's unity. It was unity. They came from all different walks, all different backgrounds, some young, some learned, some not having no education at all, some tax collectors, some bankers. They came from all different walks of life, all different probably political persuasions. But what happened was when they came into that upper room under the banner of Jesus Christ, they united together as one. Unity brings breakthrough. Unity brings the presence of God. What happened? The fire fell. Fell on each and every one of them. You know, you need the fire of God if you want to see this world saved. If you haven't been filled with the fire, if you haven't been baptized with the fire with the with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, you need to get filled today. It's amazing. You know who was in that upper room? Mary, the mother of Jesus. Catholics think they are. My kids go to a school called St. Mary's of the Cross. There's a statue of her out there, but they, they don't know something that I know. She was in the upper room. She was spirit-filled, tongue-talking, rubber, rubber gumbo. Should have bought a Honda, but I bought a Kia. She was, she was in that upper room. She had the fire of the living God upon her. She was a tongue-talking believer. Amen. Mary had a, you know, she had the Holy Spirit in her. What does it say when she met Elizabeth and, and Jesus was in the womb? Do you know this story? Walks into the room and the, the boy, the John inside of it, flips over. It's the first time a Baptist has fallen out under the power of God. She had the fire of God on her life. It's quite amazing. Matthew 18, 20, it says, For where two or three are gathered in my name, in my name, in agreement, in one accord, I am in the midst of them. You've got to understand something. This just didn't start today. It didn't start in that moment. Oh, now we're going to agree. No, something happens even before in Joshua 5. It says that they consecrated themselves. It says that they circumcised. All the men, the grown men of Israel, made a decision to come before God and give themselves to him over fully, consecrating themselves to him. To follow. That's another unity. They all united. It says they made flint knives for themselves, circumcised the sons of Israel again a second time. Joshua 5, 2. They all went through such a painful experience. That's uniformity again. Circumcision is a physical indicator 
of being consecrated, of belonging to God. In the New Testament, Paul puts it this way. He says, now it's time to circumcise your hearts, removing the pain, removing the hurts, removing the anger, removing the thing that's going to hold you back from seeing a revival, from seeing God's power move, from seeing, come on, his kingdom come, his will be done. There's certain things that you cannot bring on the journey of revival. They have to be left here at the altar. It's also, it's quite amazing how these types of experiences can unite us even more. Painful experiences. Like Melbourne, Victoria. We've all gone through the, the worst lockdowns in the world. The world has ever seen. But something about it has actually united the people. You'd know it yourself. Your family goes through a crisis, whatever it might be, even a death in the family. You start ringing people you've never talked to for so long and it actually unites you. That pain brings you together. Here's the truth. You may be in pain. You may be gone through some sort of pain. It says that they stayed in the camp and they waited until they were healed before they moved on. You may be healed but still hurt. <laughs> the season's over. The two years are over. We're, we're all, yeah, come on, we're back to normal now, but there's so many people who are still carrying hurt. I mean, it doesn't even have to be that. It could be something you did a long time ago in your past. You know you've come down the front. You know you've been prayed for. You've been discipled. You've been healed, but the hurt's still there. It's time to leave the hurt behind. It's time to move on from the hurt. It's time to let God do the, make those incisions on your heart See, the thing is, this is why we call this an altar, is because that's where you're altered. <laughs> it's not just something that you come out the front and go, oh, well, I came to the front. No, it's in, in the Old Testament, the altar was for sacrifice. It's where you die. <laughs> As I say, let's move down. Let's talk about this moment, quite an incredible moment, a moment that I love and I preach about all the time. It's the shout. But before we get there, there's something quite important that they had to do. Listen to this. Joshua 6.10 says, Now, Joshua had commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, Shout, then you shout. Firstly, I think, <laughs> what an incredible leader this is. Um, to be able to say that to, so directly to people. If you said that kind of thing today, you'd get cancer. And, um, but he, he comes straight out. You don't have to make a noise until I say so. We all think, you know, they just march around seven times and then shout at the last time and the walls come down. I don't know, as a young pastor, I'd get out and I'd walk around my building and I'd get to the sixth time and I'm thinking, hang on a second, if I continue with this and the, the building falls down, we won't have church on Sunday. We've all done this, right? We've all done those seven, seven rings around. But there was, it was more than that. It was more than that. It wasn't just that. It's not just this formula of shouting that works. No, he says, be quiet. Hmm. Be quiet. You know what I believe? Children of Israel actually had to learn to stop talking before they could start shouting. So many of us undo the goodness. <laughs> Undo all the great work in our lives by what we say. Oh, the devil's attacking me. Oh, the devil's oppressing me. He's possessing me. You know what? The devil's got a day off because life and death is in the tongue and you give him a day off by speaking death every day. We say so much negativity. Oh, this place. You know, I, I, 
you know, I grew up in Morwell, I said that last night. But lots of people go, ah, Morwell. You know, they talk like that all the time. <laughs> I can't stand it, I want to move to Queensland. You know, you hear those people with that sort of voice? All your problems disappear. You know, everything's bad, you know. Oh, this weather, my back, you know. There's no trolley wipes at Coles. You know, it's just, it just, it never ends. <laughs> it's just, it's one day after another. There's always, it's too freezing, and then there's spring and your hay fever. And, uh, live in a day and age that glorifies sickness. Love it so much. I mean, are you really an Instagram, online, social media influencer if you haven't done at least 10 hospital selfies? I mean, we love sickness so much. I'm not talking about if there's really a problem, but when it's just to get the likes. <laughs> I mean, people and they're out, for, um, out, out at the movies or out for dinner, and you say, hey, how you doing? And Great, and what have you been up to? Oh, I just saw a movie. It's fantastic. How did it go? Well, you know me. It's so good. It's amazing. I'm even out. You know how my anxiety gets. You're like, who? Who's with you? They talk about all their problems, how bad it is. It's just a miracle they're even out. You just stop talking. Stop speaking dead, declaring over our lives and giving the devil a day off. He says to them, you need to skip it. Stop it. That's enough now. But I just need to, boy, you don't know what I've been through. I just need to get on Facebook and tell everybody. I just warn you, if you're on Facebook and you wake up in the morning and, and it's got, you know, it's got a little caption there and it's got more with dots, don't touch it. It's a trap. It's a trap. Have you ever touched it before? And you, you're first thing in the morning and all of a sudden you've got pages of people's problems that you're reading through and you're thinking, why? And by reading this, and it just starts off, you know, how, how bad the day is. First of all, you know, took off late for work, kids are sick, ran over the cat. I don't know if that's a good thing. It's a great thing. It's extra bait when we go fishing. No, and that's uh, so, it. Trevor told me that joke before. And, um, and, 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 you know, you go to work, your, your car breaks down, you get a flat tire. It's all these problems, all these problems. I've just got to voice all my problems. And then you get finally, finally, you get down to the bottom and it says, but God's on the phone. You go, I hate to see if he wasn't. He's got to say something. No, you don't. Stop it. But this government and this... I've got these problems and it's... I've been through so much. You don't know that's... What is this leader doing? This is the most fortified city in the world. Why are we marching? Shh. It's not time to talk now. It's time to march. It's time to follow. It's time to follow. Come on, we believe that God's appointed our leader, uh, Pastor Trevor, over Living Waters Church. Then you get on board. He comes under the banner of Jesus Christ. We know that. We all follow. It's what the Word of God says. He's appointed by, by God. So we follow. We don't say anything. We don't email anything. We, we get on board. We march. Come on. I might not understand everything. I might not get everything. But I'm marching, Lord, to see a victory, to see a breakthrough, to see a revival come to this region. Come on, if you believe that, would you shout amen? <laughs> Let's keep moving. I might get the keys play actually to come up. Um, it says here, it's four and seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. Listen to that ark. Does that mean ark? The seventh 
day you shall march around the city seven times. And priests shall blow the trumpets. <laughs> there's, there's unity. There's the sea. You've got to see it. You've got to believe it. There's unity. We've got to unify together. We've got to stop talking so much before we can start shouting. But you know what else we need? We need the ark. We need the presence of God. Moses said, Lord, I don't want to go if your presence isn't with me. I don't want to follow people. I don't want to follow the crowd, but I want to follow the cloud. Come on, and he gave him a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. I need to follow your presence. Come on, we need the presence of Jesus Christ moving and operating in the Holy Ghost in our lives more than ever before. This world needs it. They don't want it. But they need it. Silver and gold have I none. But what I have I give unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. Didn't have what he wanted, but they had what he needed. The world doesn't want what you've got, but they need it. They need you to have and host the presence of God like never before. Says, and suddenly that sound from heaven came like a rushing wind, filled that upper room. And began to deposit fire, 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 fire. You need the fire of God. You need the presence of God. Hallelujah. Verse 5, it shall come to pass. <laughs> I want to say that again. It shall come. You need to wake up in the morning and start declaring over your life, it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. All the dreams, all the visions, all the, all the things that God you've called me to, the healings, the miracles, you said, Lord, on that day when I was praying, I heard it so clearly, but it hasn't happened yet, but you need to speak it out. It shall come to pass. It shall, it will, it has. Come on, we need to declare it in the name of Jesus. It shall come to pass, but it's not just going to come to pass. It's when you make that long blast with the ram's horn and when you hear the sound of the trumpet and all the people shall shout with a great shout and the walls of the city will fall down flat doesn't just happen. doesn't just fall down flat. Come on, you've got to see it. You've got to unite. You've got to come together as one. You've got to stop whinging, complaining, speaking death over your life before you can shout. Then you need his presence to come, fill you again, baptize you again. That word baptizo means over and over and over. Never stop, never ending. Get into his glory. Get into his presence. And then you shout. And then you shout. What happens? It says, and following after that, all the people, not one, not two, not just you and a dog named Blue. No, it's your whole family. It's not, oh, I just got the breakthrough, but my wife or my spouse is just sitting there still suffering. Or my church, my family, my friends. No, no, no. It says, all the people. Hallelujah. All the people shall go up. Come on, when are you believing for Christ? What are you believing for all the people in the Golden Valley? What are you believing for all of them? Not just one, not just two, but all. And all the people shall go up, every man straight before him. What's that talking about? Possession. Possess the land. Take back the enemy is stolen. Take back or even new ground that you've never had before. Take back in the name of Jesus. It's time to take it back. It's time to get the victory. Come on, would you stand to your feet if you're believing for a breakthrough? If you're believing for God to do something amazing in your life that you know it can't happen ever, any other way, but you need Him. You need Him in this moment. You need Him right now 
across this place. Come on, if you're believing for a breakthrough, if you're believing for a revival, I might get the band to join me actually, but if you're believing right now, I want you to come to the front. You're saying, yeah, this is it, this is it. Come on, I need a breakthrough today. I need a breakthrough today. I need a healing today. I need a miracle today. I need something to change in my life from this moment. I can see it, but it's just out of reach. Come on, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you right now. Would you come, come, come? You believe it. You believe it. You believe it. You're praying. It's time. It's time. It's time. Breakthrough is here. Breakthrough is here. Breakthrough is here. Whatever it is, healing. Whatever it is. I know Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says you will do these works and even greater. I believe. I believe. Do you believe this morning? Come on, do you believe right now in this moment there's a breakthrough coming for your life? There's a healing coming for your life. There's a miracle coming for your life. Lift your hands if you believe. Raise your palms to Jesus. He's the one who delivers. He is the one who heals. He is the one who sets free. It's not me. It's not a man. It's not a person. It's not an evangelist. It's not a title. It's Jesus. He is the one and he alone can heal, can restore, can set free, can see you receive the breakthrough if you're believing today. I believe his power is here. His glory is here. His anointing's here. Hallelujah. It's the anointing that breaks the oak. It's the anointing that breaks every chain. It's the anointing that connects people to your message. It's not how much you learn, you study. It's the anointing that heals. It's the anointing that delivers. It's the anointing that separates, sits apart. And his anointing's here right now. And his glory's here right now. If you're ready, if you're open, if you're willing to receive, the fire of the living God's here to touch you, to heal you, to transform your life, to set you apart, to brand you with fire. Every hand, every hand, he knows every need. If you brought it towards him, you brought it before him. He knows and understands every need. And he's here right now. We're going to sing. We're going to worship. And I want you to open up your heart. Open up your mouths. Begin to declare those things. Begin to bring them before him. Begin to bring them before him. And I believe he's going to touch you in this moment. Come on, let's sing. Hallelujah. Let's worship. Hallelujah. Let's lift up a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Come on, let's magnify him. Come on, let's sing. Thank you for listening to today's podcast from Living Waters Church, Kyabram. Don't forget, you can find us at www.lwkyabram.com.